Hi everybody, it's Tarika. This is episode number four, and today I'm in conversation with Sarah Bremner. So happy to be back here with you. Welcome to the Dr. Tarika Show, helping you grow, speak, and lead so that you maximize your performance and find deeper fulfillment in life. If this is your first time in here, then you are so, so welcome. I just launched a show last week with my first three episodes, so if you haven't already, you can check them out. But today's episode is the first interview style episode. You see, this launch season of the show is going to be a mix of my motivational messages and inspirational conversations. Conversations with people who I think have a special something. People who I've met in Aberdeen over the past few years in my journey as a speaker and trainer. So what you're about to listen to is a conversation I had with a lady who I think is just always smiling. This is a conversation about work, it's a conversation about life, but as you'll hear, it's also a conversation about a deeply significant defining moment that's fueled her ceaseless passion in the here and now. She works at Charlie House in Aberdeen. She's a real contributor. Her idea of recharging is running a long-distance race, climbing a mountain, or even jumping out of a plane. This is a conversation with Sarah Bremner. Sarah, I'm so happy that you're here. How are you? You're so welcome. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. So good. I would love to hear more about your story, your life, because I've got to meet you on a number of occasions over the past few years at some of the live events that I've done. And something that struck me about you was that you are, for some reason, perpetually happy. (laughs) My husband might have a different perspective on that, but yeah, I'll I'll take that. So I see happiness, I see passion, enthusiasm, energy, and I've thought for a while, I need to ask you a bit more about this. So that's why you're here. Is that okay? Fantastic. Absolutely. But for those that haven't met you yet, why don't you just tell everyone who you are and what it is that you do? So I'm Sarah Bremner. I am Director of Marketing and Communications at Charlie House. We're a local children's charity. Um, My sole purpose and role here is to raise awareness of the charity and the services we provide. Do you have a background in marketing? I do, yeah. So that's been my um, my entire work journey to date. So yeah, always in PR and comms. I can talk for Scotland, so I guess <laughs> I'm in the right job. Um, and yeah, I've done that since I left uni. And what do you love about marketing? Uh, what do I love? I love that I get to communicate with people every day. I, I love to know more about people. If I wasn't in this comms PR role, I would have definitely been a journalist. Really? I can be quite nosy and intrusive. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and it's probably like the Spanish Inquisition when you meet me for the first time. It's a million questions. Um, but I love getting to know people, finding out their background, what drives them. Yes. Um, and yeah, just being able to share stories about amazing things and projects has always been a passion. Well, that's something definitely I've noticed in you. You are a communicator. There's something about you that just clicks with people. You get folk and you you know how to connect with people and speak on their wavelength. 
can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Because those that are listening in are from a variety of different backgrounds and life predicaments. Some of them are in business, some of them are leading teams, some of them are thinking about getting into business, some are in education. Sure. But we've all got stories. Sure. What's your journey okay. like? So my journey, I suppose it's an interesting one. Um, when I went to uni, I actually studied fashion design. So my background is fashion. Did you? And yeah. So I wanted to uh, make clothes, make people look fabulous, feel good about themselves. Who's your favourite designer right now? Uh, right now. So he has passed away, but okay. Alexander McQueen. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I had the the great fortune of meeting him when I worked in London. So really? I was very thankful for that. Yes. Wow. And yeah, his legacy lives on in other designers. But um, yeah, I, I was very thankful to have met him and had a small conversation. So yeah. Oh, lucky you. What a privilege. Yeah. So fashion background. Um, ended up leaving uni from my fashion um, course. Went into the fashion industry in London. So I worked in a showroom where we would dress celebrities, um, people for, for um, galas, press events, red carpet dues. So, yeah, I've got some amazing wow. stories about some I can probably share and some not so much. Um, but, yeah. But you know one or two things about events then, right? I do indeed. From that yes, kind of background. I do indeed. So, okay. yeah, I was often at London Fashion Week. Um, I was young when I worked in that industry. So, I was a runner, someone in the background, happy to help um, and just enjoy the buzz and excitement. You can't get anything better than London Fashion Week. So, oh, it sounds um, exciting, yeah. exhilarating. It absolutely was, uh-huh. yes. And obviously I had a passion, passion for fashion. Um, so yeah, I was loving what I was doing and nothing was a chore. Okay. So if someone asked you to get a coffee or pick up their dry cleaning or one of the designers was getting a little bit annoyed backstage you know you've just got to, you have to grow a thick skin in that industry sure you you cannot be someone who takes criticism to heart okay you really need to build up this wall almost um in and, that side and did that industry train you in that personality trait i think it absolutely did yeah um i think when you when you get so used to people shouting at you down the phone and directly within that industry it's just the pace it moves at right you you have to shape up or ship out okay. <laughs> so yeah it's uh, it was a huge learning curve being that young being thrown into the industry at that end um but yeah so it's that that was that feels like a lifetime ago right. um so went from fashion um kind of had enough of london life it takes its toll two and a half years there and i just thought do you know what i, I miss aberdeen i miss home i miss family um, and yeah, it just felt like the right time. Because you were born here? I was born here, yeah. And then you Born and bred in Aberdeen, yeah. I, I lived in Glasgow. I went to college, fashion college in Glasgow, okay. and then down to the borders for uni, and then finished my degree, and then straight to London. Right. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I left Aberdeen, said I would never come back, sure. and then seven years on, I thought, it's, it's time to go home. Really? So yeah. So you yeah. came back? I did. I did okay. indeed. Yeah. So what happened next? So came back. Obviously, I had the comms background from being in London. There's not too much of a call for the fashion industry in Aberdeen, sadly. Okay. <laughs> we have many great things. Fashion industry is quite limited here. Right. Um, so what else to go into but oil and gas? <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, communication skill, it doesn't matter what the industry is. It's transferable. It absolutely every is. every industry needs it. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. So, yeah, came here... Um, Picked up a job reasonably quickly with an agency in Aberdeen. It, it wasn't predominantly oil and gas. Got 
got to do great things like education, tourism, travel, food and drink. So, wow. yeah, so I got a good, a good kind of grounding across many sectors, yes. um, including charity. Um, so one of my clients was World Vision. They're one of the top 10 charities in the world. Wow. And I was their account manager for the UK Northern Ireland for about seven years. Really? So that's where my passion started for third sector, um, okay. which leads me to where I am now. Okay. <laughs> um, but in between the, the kind of agency life, I actually moved on and set up my own business. Um, okay. So you, you mean in between London and... So London, I came back, joined an agency yes. for seven years, um, joined another agency for two, got a really good grounding and understanding and thought, hey, I can do this. Okay. I can do this. I can maybe do it better. Right. <laughs> um, kind of picked up on, I guess, from a management perspective, there sure. are always things as a member of staff, you think I wouldn't do that if I was the boss. Okay. I would never talk to someone like that if I was the boss. And so that's an innovative, iterative mindset. You're seeing what the status quo is and actually, how can we improve it? How exactly. can we improve quality? Exactly. So you're constantly thinking like that? Yes. Okay, yes. cool. So I thought, right, I'm going to set up an agency. I'm going to create a team. We're going to do this as well as we possibly can. We're going to love it. We're going to show enthusiasm, be part of that journey with the client. Sure. And yeah, set up an agency, a comms agency. So I had that for about two and a half years. Wow. Um, you built it from scratch? Yeah, from scratch. Um, founded um, a company that was called Speakerbox. Had a small team of three employees. Really? And okay. um, we were based out in Dice. Okay. So a lot of that work was oil and gas based, given the locality and where we were situated. Yes. Um, and then the oil and gas downturn came and hit us yes, like a ton did. of bricks it did indeed so obviously the marketing and comms arena was really badly hit by that downturn um with redundancies losing costs it it, it was just one of the first things to go um so yeah that was a really tough time and we weathered it but um, I thought, how are we going to sustain this? You know, if this, you, we didn't know what, what was going to be the fallout of that further down the line. Sure. Um, as a small business employing people, these people are paying their mortgages, they're looking after their children. And as young, fledgling entrepreneurs, to be hit by that kind of wave must have been scary. It was indeed. And I think when clients are calling you to say it's nothing that you've done, it's an external factor. It's even more painful because you have sure. no control over that. No control over it. And I don't like that no control part, that's difficult for us, difficult for most people. Yeah, it generates um, fear, anxiety, it does. yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I got my thinking cap on. I thought, right, how do we how do we keep delivering our service, retain our clients? I had a friend who had a design agency. Okay. We were doing reciprocal work with each other. They were doing my design work. I was doing their copywriting, right. their comms. And we're like, right, let's get together. Let's make this bigger entity. Partnership. Let's, let's, yeah, partnership working. Let's weather the storm, ride it out. It was the most cost-effective thing to do into one office, bigger team, um, and yeah. So managed to managed to do that and and uh, retain the clients and yeah, just just sustain the the business, even though it was within another business. What I find amazing uh, in that scenario mm-hmm. is that you thought your way out of that problem yeah. you could have gone down with it absolutely you and there was the no, white flag you could have given up there was no way that was happening but, I, but you thought how do, how do, how do i do the yeah. best of what i have how do i absolutely. make this work yeah when you're presented with a problem you either i guess bow out or you look for the solution was it hard 
It, w- it was difficult. I mean, going from running your own business, being the boss, top of the tree, making sure. the decisions to then trying to merge into another organisation, more directors, more leaders, different differences of opinion. Um, but we worked great as a team. They were, when we were that larger entity, everybody brought something else to the table. So I was still the specialist in my field. There was yes. no one else doing that work within the business. Yes. So I still felt like I had control of my division, if you like. Yes. Um, and my team. But yeah, it was so a where, great Sarah, time. where did your positive problem-solving <laughs> psychology come from? Um, I, I'm going to give this one to my mum. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Um, come from a very nurtured background so my okay. mum trained as a nurse um, and then went on to teach really? so I've always had this uh, instilled into me like you know you hit problem you hit barrier you hit a wall don't let that break you down okay there is a way out find sure. the solution my mum's always always kind of given me that independence to work it out myself right um I left home when I was 17 okay uh and I think when I first told her I was going, she, she, she knew I would go. Cause I've really? always been fiercely independent. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's definitely been instilled from my parents. Right. Which has been a great thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes maybe not so much from that because <laughs> they made me so independent that even as a teenager growing up, it was like, no, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> this is your fault because you've made me like this. Okay, so there are strengths and trade-offs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one to my parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mainly you, my mum. So you merged, mm-hmm. and then what after that? So, um, yeah, life was ticking along, everything was great, um, and then there was a life shock moment for me, personally. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I actually was the first person who was on site at a fatal road traffic accident, um, and, oh. and, and I, was, I was the first one in attendance. Um, tried my best to help the poor gentleman um, and unfortunately he passed away. So I think that moment when you see someone die at your feet, that is going to change you forever. Um, And I didn't expect the change to be as impactful as it was. Um, And I mean, to to people listening, they're probably like, that's horrific. And it absolutely was. In that moment, it took took me a good few, I would say months to even be able to go back to my day-to-day. Um, luckily, yeah. when I had the sense and the kind of knowledge of myself that I, I needed to get help with that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely not ashamed to say everybody's talking about mental health and everything currently, sure. so yeah. I knew I had to see a trauma counsellor. In my mind, I couldn't deal with what I saw visually and the fact that I didn't help in that moment. I, I tried everything. Um, it just wasn't meant to be and it, it just wasn't the way sure. but to handle that not being able to help part mm. when you have the personality traits and the person you are I really struggled with that I right. really struggled with that because to your very core you are a helper yeah. and you've come from a family line of nurturing and caring for others and, and that is your existence but to yeah. be faced with something yeah. Yeah. diametrically opposed to everything you know you're here for yeah. I can't imagine how that must have felt Sarah and the guilt I carried, which I can now process, but at the time the guilt I carried for not being able to help in that moment, it was re- it was so heavy, heavy on my shoulders for a long time. Sure. Um, so yeah, that life shock moment, I think it just made me stop, reassess everything. Everything in everything. life. Everything. Um, everything in life. When you, when you watch someone 
die it's yeah it's like you you just think life is so short and then just in that moment I thought okay I, I thought I loved what I did and I did I'm not I'm not going to say I didn't love it I did enjoy it but I thought there needs to be something else sure. and I guess in that moment when I couldn't help I was then looking to right how can I help yes and how I didn't make a difference and I see that now. My, and the counsellor that I spoke to is like, you did, you stopped, you helped, you tried. Right. You know, that, that person's parent will be forever grateful for that. And yes. so that, I've been able to process, process that a little better now. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, right, I need I need to make a difference. And, and what is that going to be? And how am I going to do that? Yes. Um, and Charlie House were actually one of my clients within the larger agency that I was working for. Um, I'd got to know about them, about their big build project they were working on, so I knew a lot about what was going on within the charity. Yes. And then after the accident, I took a little bit of time off work just to process the whole thing and just kind of get better. Sure. Um, and, yeah, and then in that kind of time out, a job came up for the charity. So wow. to me, that was a sign. That was a, okay, this really terrible thing's happened. Okay. But let's let's change it. Let's turn it on its head. Let's make it a positive. Here's a chance to redeem absolutely what, the, the, the situation that you're experiencing. Absolutely, absolutely. So wow. yeah, which in turn took me to try the house. So yeah, went for the job interview. Um, knew I obviously had the charity love from the the, the work I'd done previously for yes. World Vision. When I found out the charity was for children, supporting children with complex disabilities and life limiting conditions. I thought, right, okay, I'm, this is what I need. This is this is what I'm here for, if you like. Wow. You it felt was, really connected to a sense of I, purpose. By the way that you're saying that. Did. It completely that was, did. Yeah. That, was, that was to do with your purpose. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I thought, okay, wow. someone upstairs is maybe saying, right, this, you've experienced this, but this is the reason. Sure. So, yeah, I, li I like to think there's a there's a reason. And I believe in fate and, and all that kind of thing. But right. um, for me, I was like, why was I there on that night? Why was it me? And, you know, and I just thought, okay, this this is why. And there are all these questions that flood through our heads when we um, hit these forks in the road or mm. trauma and things like that. And mm. some of those questions we get to figure out and we get answers for. And some of them mm. are still parked on the shelf, Absolutely. aren't they? And um, it sounds like, again, rather than wave the white flag and go down, that you've found a way Definitely, to, yeah. to innovate in that situation. And I didn't feel and like that the whole time. Like no. I said, the first, uh, straight off the back of that, I did feel like I was going down. I yes. was like, I've never had to encounter anything yeah. to that degree before, and I hope no one ever does. It's not something you want to sure. be faced with. Um, but yeah, I thought, okay. So once I had time to kind of readdress it, the trauma counsellor had was phenomenal wow helped me just even after one session I was like okay I'm, I can compute this a little better if you're not thinking well, logically in that moment sure. at all but the things you think afterwards you're like wow that's crazy why was I thinking that but it's just a natural instinct and yeah the, the, the guilt factor was heavy for a while why I couldn't save that person but yeah, and it, I'll always remember that. But sure. yeah, it gets it gets easier. It gets easier with time. It so. sounds like you're using the the, the, the the energy and the passion injection mm. from that situation to, to to you know to be supercharged in the here and now for what you do in Charlie House. Yeah. Is there a connection? Yeah, yeah. So um, and obviously I have I have children. I yes. have two 
very healthy, beautiful girls. Okay. Um, and I'm very blessed for that. And that. when I see the, the families that we support, the, the daily struggles that they face, um, it, again, it's a perspective thing. You think, oh, I'm so lucky. Um, and the families we, we support um, day-to-day, some of them are 24-7 carers. Um, wow. You know, they don't sleep. They're, they're not supported as they should be. Okay. Um, Charlie has, we're the only charity in the northeast of Scotland that offers the support that we do. Right. Um, so that so we're very special, very unique. We are for indeed. For a real need. A huge need. A real, real, um, really yeah. significant need. Absolutely. Okay, okay. So based on, we work um, really closely with NHS yes. and based on the data that they provide us, there's 1,500 children in the northeast of Scotland that have complex disability or a life-limiting condition. Right. We have supported this year in 96, so this is tip of the iceberg. Right. So you when you put think, those figures out, it gives us it, perspective, it actually. Absolutely it absolutely does. It, it, it's huge. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what's kept you going? What's kept me going? Um, So I guess outside of work, um, I'm hugely passionate about running. I'm a marathon runner, a distance runner. And I think given the subject matter of the charity as well, it gets really tough at times. We're supporting families and children that will not live to adulthood. So I guess that subject matter in itself is something, you know, you you need to take a minute out to, to remove yourself from work and, and just get that kind of relaxation time, time for yourself, mindfulness, um, and t- just time as an individual. So you're not a mum, you're not a wife, you're not a work colleague, Just you're just you. You can unplug a little bit. You can, you can recharge, you can mm-hmm. rejuvenate, get yep. restored. Um, yep. I often say to people at personal development events, you need to put your own oxygen mask on first before assisting others with theirs. Completely, completely. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. So I love when I go out for a run and you can just, you can process things throughout the day. You can think about what you've got to do tomorrow. You, you can you can kind of still have that headspace, but yeah. I try and do that for a really limited time yeah. and then I switch off. Okay. And then the endorphins kick in from the run and just, <laughs> I feel fantastic. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not going to say I feel fantastic when I'm running 20 miles because that would be an absolute <laughs> lie. But um, yeah, I think to have this external something for yourself, whether it's a hobby or... Yeah, that, that's what keeps me going. And, and as if that wasn't enough, yeah. you're actually training I am for something indeed. ultra. I am indeed. I've got, I, <laughs> I had a big decade birthday just a couple of weeks ago. I won't tell you which one it was. You okay. Can, I'll let you guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it also makes it a kind of a milestone year. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to walk across fire which was very interesting. I burnt my feet a little. Um, okay. So, yeah. so that was for the charity again. All right. Um, I am going to try and attempt the Larry Guru Ultramarathon at the end of June. Sure, that old do, chestnut. Of yeah. course. Yeah, sure. Why um, not throw that in as well? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually doing that with um, one of the families we support at Charlie House. It's one of the mums I'm going to run the course with. Okay. So I'm kind of her wing woman. So this one's for her. Right, she, um, okay. she wanted to step up to oh, marathon distance. And I thought, right, I'm going to go with you. I'll, okay. I'll get you through this. We'll get through it together. Okay. 
So we'll help each other out there. Have and you done other stuff as well? Do you jump out of planes, you know, wrestle I bears? Yeah, that kind I have of thing? also jumped out of a plane. Yeah, <laughs> you have, of course um, you have. Have you wrestled a bear? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Maybe on the maybe not on the next year, twenty twenty vision. Possibly, yeah, why possibly. Not? Yeah, sure. And um, I'm going out to Machu Picchu. I'm going out to Peru in September. <gasps> no, I heard about that. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. So that's really exciting. Again, that's from the charity perspective. So we're fundraising for Charlie House for the specialist support centre that we're building at Wood End Hospital. And there are 36 intrepid adventurers going out to match Picchu and we're trekking to the Sun Gate, which will be phenomenal. You know, I, I think you just are a highly energised person <laughs> and uh, we haven't exactly worked out where all of that's come from. But, you know, some people that are listening in might be thinking, well, your 9 till 5 is very, very energy demanding, not only physically, but mentally, like yeah. must be mentally yeah. uh, draining, you know, just yeah. not just on your mind, but just on your heart, exactly. like inside, emotionally. Yeah. And um, your idea of um, recharging mm. um, isn't, <laughs> isn't, you know, sitting in front of the telly, <laughs> putting your feet up, yeah. you know, drinking a latte. Yeah. But it's actually, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run up a mountain yeah. and then I'm going to go camp on one. I'm going to yeah. jump off a plane and next year <laughs> I might wrestle a bear. Exactly. And that's my, that's my unplugged yeah. time. I don't actually know where that comes from. I think my, well, my dad, he did once run, it was called the Milk Marathon when Aberdeen did have a marathon. I think it was like 84 or something, early oh, okay. 80s when Aberdeen did have a marathon. Right. Um, so he's obviously had it in him at some point. Um, and my mum, she was always involved in like volleyball, netball. So we were always an active family. But yeah, I don't know where this kind of crazed streak to kind of push myself. I'm always looking at extremes. And that's not, that's also not sometimes the best. Um, that does have an impact on family and things as well. So I have to try and rein that in because... So you manage that? I do. So there's, um, I've been contemplating a marathon in the Sahara Desert. It's called Marathon de Sable. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's a dangerous one for uh, marathons anyway. They take I, their toll. I, I, I love how this Sahara is coming desert. off. I love this how this is coming off the back of you know. <laughs> I have to be careful that I'm not overdoing it and just you know I manage for that. So I'm actually <laughs> contemplating running through the blazing desert. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'll maybe squeeze that in between my yeah. next skydive and the ultra. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I think, again, this is a life too short. Are you, yeah. are you sponsored by Red Bull or no, something? I mean, no, yeah. you I'd like to be. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the Marathon de Sable has a bone of contention in my household. So, yeah, it could be divorce material. So, we may have to leave that one at the moment. It sounds like there needs to be a discussion around that uh, proposition. Yes, that is. Running that through is, a desert. Yeah, that yeah. is. That definitely impacts on other people. So A family meeting. Family meeting, okay. yeah. Yes. The kids will say, "Go for it, Mum." <laughs> they will. They're so they're so behind everything that I do. That's so oh, lovely. It's, so it's beautiful. And yeah. a couple of the marathons, they've been at the finish line and ran the last couple of hundred meters, and that's the best feeling in the world. Okay. And the kids wrote in my Mother's Day card, "Mum, you're you're my hero. You're a legend." Oh, and to so hear that cute. from your children is. You can't ask for more than that. Oh, that's that's, that's so what cute. you want to be. That's what you want to be. Oh, role model, so positive nice. one. That is so nice. Yeah. I have. Two little girls and a little boy. Mm -hmm. uh, my girls are P2 and P1. Now they had a dress up as a superhero day last week. Now the little sister yeah. decided to get dressed up as the big sister. That is, oh, that is so sweet. And the big sister decided to go into school dressed as mum. Oh, I love that. That That is what you want to instill That's in cute, children. isn't it? So cute. Yeah, it's cute. I love that. 
Love that. <laughs> Sarah, you probably have lots of golden nuggets, big lessons, top tips. Mm. But for those that are listening in, can you pick one just to you know give to people? who are in the middle of their story and, you know, maybe it's an entrepreneurial story, a business story, a work story, maybe it's even just doing life, relationships, all that kind of stuff. I think for me, if, if you want to be, if you want to be the best at what you do, it's got to be something you love. Do what you love. Do what you love. I mean, if you're in a business already and that's something you've started, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that it's something that you love. Mm. <laughs> To make that bold decision to start up a business and, and go out on your own, it's brave, it's very brave. Um, and obviously there's been something in you that said, I can do this, I can do this. Sure. Um, but yeah, it has to be something that you're passionate about. That is what will drive you forward. That is if you have to do your invoicing or your admin on a Sunday or late night or it's taking you away from your children. Totally. It has to be something you're passionate about or it's not going to work. Right. It won't work. Sometimes people think, well, I want more time in my life or I want an easier life, so I'm going to go start a business. But it isn't really like that. It isn't. Starting a business is a little bit more like having another child. It absolutely and so is. If it yeah. isn't connected to passion, yeah. then when you hit those bumps in the road of those tough times, yeah. what's going to carry you through? For you sure. need a big why. For sure. You and do. So you're saying passion yeah. is the big lesson. And I also think team as well. Mm. So when you're recruiting, um, and definitely when I set up my agency myself, I was picking people who I knew were even better than me you know you, you're like can someone be better than me surely not <laughs> yes they absolutely can you're not you're not you, you're not the be all and end all of everything totally recruit people who you would be absolutely comfortable and safe in the knowledge of right you can do this I can give you the independence and the the drive and the training to go and take this forward and then that frees you up from you know don't try and do everything sure I also think when you set up your own business um if you have a small team, do delegate. Do yes. delegate. Not everything. Absolutely not everything. There's something as like chair or founder. You are the top of the tree, and it right. will. It, it it does end with you. Um, but yeah, absolutely having that team that you know are are great and will drive it forward for you, and you're confident in them. Um, that's really important. So yeah, team and recruitment very important. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So good. Another question for you. Let's imagine that I am walking through the airport and I go past the bookstore yeah. and I look at the bestsellers <laughs> shelf Okay. and there is a book, The Life of Sarah Bremner. What would it be called? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for me again, I think the title would be Be the Change. Everyone can make a difference no matter how small it is, it doesn't have to be something huge. You don't have to go and jump out of a plane or roll a marathon or whatever that is, but just take a moment to, if it's affiliating your business with a charity and looking at your CSR strategy and giving back to the community or volunteering your time, whatever that is, as an individual person, you can make a difference. And it's so important that everyone knows that. Yeah. I think people are like, oh, I can't, you know, I've only got half an hour, what can I do? And then you trust me. I I know yeah, working in the third sector. Yeah, yeah. I know with the volunteers that that we have on our books here at Charlie House, the things you can do in half an hour. Do not underestimate it. Do yes. not es underestimate how much that support means to someone else. Right. So yeah, be the change. Make a difference. Try and remove yourself from the whole business aspect as well for a minute. 
and just, just look at what you can be doing externally. And again, it will drive you forward as a leader, um, as a manager. To, it's just that feel-good factor, I think. Really? And it's, so good. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you feel humbled by some of the things that you see and that you hear other people doing. Go and do it yourself. I think that's so encouraging. I think there are people that really need to hear that because if you don't realise that you can make a difference, it does leave you feeling a bit more helpless in life and a bit more, well, you know, what difference do I make? But the truth is that everyone can make a difference. 100%. And, you know, I strongly believe in that, yeah. given, the, given the line of work um, that I'm in. But even before that, it's yes. just, you know, you again just go back to the London Marathon at the weekend so they've raised a billion pounds from that event that wow. is extraordinary every single person on that course has their own journey their own story their own reason for why they're doing it yes and it, it, you know you can take that into life it doesn't have to be in that event on that one day decide to do something once a month decide to do something once every six months but just do something every little helps right you know if you're a contributor no matter how small or big you perceive that contribution to be, yeah. it still counts. Yeah. It still exactly. counts. It still counts. Exactly. And it'll make you it'll make you feel good. It will help someone else as, as a result of what you're doing. It's win win. Yes. Yeah. For me it's a no brainer. So Just good. So get good. out and get out and do it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Here's my last question for you. And I wonder with your personality makeup and how you're wired, mm. you're gonna have to limit your answer. Oh gosh. <laughs> But what are, what are you excited about right now? Right. So, okay, we could be here for a while. Only your top 100 okay. things, Sarah. Top 100. So, um, what are you excited about, right? So I'll start from a work perspective. Um, Charlie House, we're currently working on our long-term vision and goal, which is to build a specialist support centre right here in the northeast of Scotland. Sounds fantastic. It is awesome. So we need to raise £8 million pounds to make that project a reality. We're a quarter of the way there already. We wow. just hit the £2 million pound okay, mark. Okay, amazing. Um, so we're going to bring that to Aberdeen for respite and hospice services for children so they don't have to travel 100 miles down to Kinross currently. That's so that building, this building is going to yeah. be a game changer. It is it's going to be a game, game changer for a changer. region. And, and Aberdeen yep. should be absolutely proud that we're going to have that centre. Totally. And the North East have been fully behind us with the campaign since we launched last November. Like The feedback and the donations and the volunteers, it's just been awesome. So I want to take this opportunity to thank the Northeast for that. Fabulous. Um, so that's a work perspective. So good. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to seeing my family grow. The children are getting older. Um, my eldest daughter is going to start her exam soon. So that's an exciting kind of personal journey. And again, I just want to push on with everything that I'm doing. Sure. What, what can I do next? What, okay. uh, what is it going to be next? Okay. Next year, I'm not quite sure, but... Again, yeah, I'll keep distance running, funding for charity, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So good. So <laughs> Thank good. You. So good. Wow. Well, that is certainly a pick-me-up conversation for the day. Sarah, thank you so much so for appearing here. I think the big take-home for me is passion and teamwork. That's what you talked about is the big lessons. And I think that's going to add massive value to those that are listening in. So there you have it, friends. That was a conversation with Sarah Bremner from Aberdeen's Charlie House. And over the ensuing weeks, you're going to hear more of these inspirational conversations and motivational messages from me. So if you like what you're hearing, click subscribe so you never miss a podcast episode. Please follow me on Instagram at UK, where you'll get a constant stream of my motivational and inspirational quotes there. 
Also, you can catch me at my website at drtarika.com. With that said, it leads me to say that wherever you are, be exceptional, be the change, and I can't wait to be with you next time. Bye. Bye.